Welcome to our latest co-hosted podcast. I'm Chuck Marple here with my co-host Karen E. So are things in Ohio, Karen? Things pretty good here. We're dealing with uh, sickness in the house, getting over that, but it's a sunny like 70s or so day here, so it's it's a great day. How about you? Yeah, it's, it's sunny here too. It's a, it's a, probably going to be a close to 80. We did a walk this morning, just some other things. So yeah, it's, it's been a good day. Today, we'll be looking at various topics, but the most important is Election Day, next Tuesday, and that is, uh, I believe, November 9th. Since 2016, we have entered, maybe it's the 8th, not important. Since 2016, we have entered an extremely toxic realm of politics. Things that were taken for granted are now gone, right for a woman to choose, what to do with their own body, peaceful transition of the presidency, bipartisan, I just can't name a few. There are a lot more. You know what I'm, what I'm saying on this? It's scary. It is, you know, and then you're looking at the different things going on, and it seems like every week they're getting closer and closer to the inside of Trump's orbit. I saw yesterday that they, the DOJ has granted immunity to Cash Patel, to testify in the Mar-a-Lago documents case. And previously, uh, he invoked the Fifth Amendment, not wanting to self-incriminate. So that kind of indicates that perhaps there's some criminality that he's aware of. So that's pretty interesting between that and then um, what's Alan Weissman, I think, at the Trump Organization is going to testify this week. Mm -hmm. Weisberg. He's going to testify this week about... uh, the fraud, the tax fraud, and what's going on at the Trump Organization for over 15 years. So we're getting closer every week. Yeah, we can only hope uh, hope that there's some accountability because no one is above the law. I don't care who they are. Again, that, that fact that, that the president did not agree, the former president did not agree to a peaceful transition of the presidency. He even said when they, he was asked about that, would he concede? And he said, maybe not. And he's proven that he wouldn't, even though it's been pretty much taken for granted now that he knew he lost. He and he, he personally accepted it, but he didn't accept it in public. Right, and then the other part that I saw that probably is one of the scariest things I've I've seen in all of this is that you know his lawyers they had those emails that were recently um, given to the DOJ, I think it was that specifically said that no it was the january 6th committee that the lawyers said that um clarence thomas was the key to getting a stay in georgia to get the votes not for them to stop counting so that they could at least delay the confirmation of votes on january 6th like that there's emails like pointing out exactly what the plan was yeah, and the plan has been pretty well documented on that. We just have to make sure that when the time comes, the DOJ is doing what they got to do, and I think they will. And we can hope they get a jury to convict. You know, there is so much craziness going on. In three key Senate races, we've got candidates anointed by the former president. One of them is the author of Vance, J.D. Vance, I guess it is, and he's in your state. And then we have Dr. Oz, the TV doctor moving from New Jersey to Pennsylvania just to run because of Trump pushing him, and our own Herschel Walker, moving from Texas to run in our state of Georgia. If the nastiness is similar in Ohio as it has become in Georgia, 
I bet you're sick of hearing anything about the election too. Oh yeah, I mean, I get, I get mailings, emails, text messages, alerts on my phone. There are signs everywhere. It's old. It's so old. I just, you just get to a point where you just want election day to be over because you're tired of being bombarded with it. Yeah, and you're really sick of me talking about politics every time I see one. Uh, see when those ads on, I get angry. It, it it is a craziness, and and the things that they're they're saying uh, are so untrue. The things that Walker is accusing, uh, and the all, all the other ads on uh, on Reverend Warnock is just an unbelievable thing. I mean, one of the things they're really pushing, you know, there's been this big talk about violence that uh, Herschel Walker did against his his wife and, and other people, and they. It, and now he's been redeemed, and he's really pushing for the evangelist on this. But, it, but the things that then they've got a little one where her, where um, um, Reverend Warnock's wife is on, and she accused him of running running her over her foot with his car and, and threatening her. And he said, you know, he's a good actor and all this kind of stuff. Well, there's no record. The police came and investigated. There was no arrest made because there wasn't any need to really arrest. There was no visible damage to her or anything. So everything was dropped. And in fact, when it came to Walker, this police man who was part of the investigation when he was threatened to shoot out with police said that if it had been Herschel Walker with all of his notoriety, I guess even, for being a Heisman winner and all that, that he would have been arrested if he would have been URI. And that, that, that's very problematic in my mind. Definitely. It, I, like, I vaguely remember Herschel Walker, you know, and following football and all that, but I don't have any memories of him being, like, anything special. You know, he's just a name that you remember. But when I heard that he was running, it was like, why? You don't even, like... On, on what platform, for what reason? Like, you're not fit for office. No, and, and basically all he talks about is being neg is negative towards the Democrats and everything, and that's what's going. And the primary people are pushing it are McConnell's Senate leadership stuff. And, of course, Trump's uh, Make America Great Again pact is paying a lot of this stuff, so, too. So it, it's been really, really nasty. And he's he's trying to say that uh, they that people that being the people kids are being taught to hate America. I don't think there's any of that going on in schools. If there is, it's a very 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 small point. There's going to be more people that talking about other things than that. I think that I never heard anybody talking about hating America. What they're complaining about is talking about the reality of our history. They don't want to right. hear the words. Right. And, and in fact, right now, um, Dash, they're doing a special unit for this month into December where they're watching a Netflix documentary, the 13th. It's about, they're, they're studying Black Lives Matter and uh, Blue Lives Matter, basically to present two co converging sides on the same issue. And, um, you know, there's some graphic parts of the documentary, and I've watched a little bit of it at this point. Like, he watched a little yesterday. They'll, they'll watch it, I think, today and tomorrow. But it's it talks about lynchings, and it talks about, you know, crack and crack cocaine and the differences in how 
black people with crack had term or had prison sentences that were three times white people that had cocaine arrest. It talks about that. It talked about the Klan. It talks about all, all this historic racism and, and points it out. And it's, it's, I'm glad that he's getting it. You know, he's, he's, he'll be 12 this month and he's definitely at, a, at an age where he kind of gets it. And he, he's had friends of all races. You know, he had, he said black friends, Indian friends, a, a smaller amount of white friends actually. And he just, he doesn't think about all of this and he's starting to learn about it. And I said, I'm, he asked me earlier this week if he could please watch the documentary. And I was like, of course, I don't have to give permission. I just would have to say if I didn't want you to watch it, but I want you to learn about this. And I said, when you watch it, if you feel this feeling inside of you rising up, it's not guilt. You're not feeling guilty that you're white. You're feeling angry because you see the injustice. That's not guilt. And I don't like how the right peddles this white people shouldn't have to be made to feel guilty for being white. That's not what's going on. Like if you feel upset when you see any of the historical nastiness of racism and how it became systemic racism, you know, Bill Clinton's crime bill and all of that, you're, you should be angry about it. You should be upset about it and you should want to fix that because it doesn't need to be like that. Yes, and there is so much of our, our history. I mean, when I was doing my teaching, I would give the three big examples, how Native Americans were treated in the very, very beginning of the colonial times, the slave trade and all that meant, including the fact that even today, there's been more years of slavery in the Americas, actual slavery, uh, enslaved black people, if you want, than there's been freedom for them. It was almost 300 years of slavery, and it's only been a little over 160 years that slavery, not even 160 years yet, that slavery has ended. So we're still on that. There were 11, about 11 years or so at the end of, end of the Civil War where black people, the, the former slaves, had some real rights and some real abilities. But as soon as Reconstruction ended, Jim Crow laws came up. But, but really, is slavery over? Like one of the things that I've noticed now is that some states still have laws on their books that if somebody is in prison that slavery is not illegal so they can be made to work for free and made to do things that is by definition slavery because they're considered criminals yeah so it's it's, it's a, the, and the thing about this documentary also said one in four black men will go to jail at some point. So what we're saying is what 25% of black men are still in some way stuck in being enslaved because they're, they're criminals. And some of them, their only crime is being black and living ordinary life. Yeah. And one of the big things that, that what the, the mega GOP in relation to the real GOP, the bank of the GOP is big on this crime issue. And, and, Warnock has talked about different things to, to do that. And the basic thing is, do we need to have all these people committed nonviolent crimes, many of them drug crimes, that most of the white people in comparison would not be put in jail? Do we need to keep them in jail? Do we need to make the prima facie thing of they're more guilty than anyone else? 
the, the problem with, with this, and it's a little off on the election, but it, it's still important to talk about, is that poverty and lack of opportunity is the key here. The reason we have such a problem with violence and gangs and so on is that lack of opportunity and that frustration that comes with it. Because you're not getting the same level of education in these urban schools in many cases. You're not getting the same quality of teachers because people don't want to teach in these schools because they are dangerous. You're getting very, very poor housing. And they blame the residents. But if, if you've got rats running around your house and the, nobody's doing anything about it, if you've got plumbing that doesn't work, if you've got electricity that doesn't work, I mean, you, they're facing what the people in the Ukraine are face, facing by war on those, those things. Mm -hmm. So why would you bother taking a lot of pride in what you got if there's nothing you can do about it, if nobody's going to take care of it for you? So, I mean, we have to look at housing. We have to look at education to bring the, these people away from crime. But when you get the frustration of it, you know, where do you turn? Okay, we're, going, we're going, going to bring it down. We're going to do whatever we're going to do. And again, it just automatically sets it up. That's why, I, in a way, I feel sorry for a lot in, in, of our police, too, because they want to, people want to say, oh, they're racist and everything. In some ways, some of them are, of course. But a lot of it is because they see so much of this crime, and they do, there's nothing being done about it, so they, they automatically are going to react differently. And, and that's, that's a sad thing. They're in a no-win situation, no matter how hard they try, Eventually, you get jaded to some extent with it, which is frustrating to to, uh, to the people who live there and frustrating to the police as well. So it's, it's a complicated thing because you brought up that um, uh, the the uh, different ways with, with the Blue Lives Matter and, and Black Lives Matter. And yeah, they do, but the blue at least has guns. And the other ones do sure. get guns, but it's a, it's a different story. It's a, it's a company. It's a whole different ball of wax. They, they come in. The police have more power behind them. Mm -hmm. And to kind of bring all this back to elections, like you talk about those conditions in the in the urban areas, and you have you know Democrats trying to tell black people we're going to do better for you. We're gonna we're gonna fix this for you. We're gonna do that to get their votes, and then you elect Bill Clinton, say. And then he puts out that crime bill that actually targets black people, puts them in prison. You have three strikes and you're in jail for life. Judges don't have the ability to use common sense in determining a sentence that makes sense for what the crime that's been done. So why should black people vote for a Democrat? Why should they even do that? You know, like why, why vote for somebody that makes you more criminal than you already were under Republicans? One of the things that, that struck me, uh, oh, probably in the last two or three years that I heard, is that about uh, people of color, that they wish, and other people have used it in movies and things that weren't black, but they said they wish that this country would love them as much as they love their, this country. Particularly, so many have gone and fought in the military and, and, and all these kinds of things. And, and it's so true. And it's still, you know, you get somebody like Herschel Walker in there who's saying, 
who's is, is appealing to to uh, white people, white evangelists, the ones who want to keep this nation as a leadership by white people. And it's a, it's a horrible situation on there. And, and I can't understand how so many people can support these positions that they're, they're supporting. It's, it's very, very frustrating. And then the truth of it is some of the things they say aren't very bright. I mean, Herschel Walker a while back talked about how China sends us their bad air. We clean it up and it goes back. I mean, he has no idea. And I don't know if you heard what Dr. Oz said about geography. He, he said, said that if he doesn't get elected, there won't be a Republican senator in a state that borders the Atlantic Ocean. What? Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania does not border, border the Atlantic Ocean. New Jersey, where are you from? What, what, hmm? what does that have to do with anything anyway? I know, but, but can, can you imagine that, that not knowing that Pennsylvania, here you want to represent a state that you're not from, and you're saying you don't even know its true geography. Yeah, you could say, well, you know, it borders the Delaware River, and the Delaware River runs into runs into there, but it is not an Atlantic bordering state. It is an interior state. How can you vote for somebody who does that? I mean, and the other thing on that uh, is is how some people are making fun of Fetterman, who's his, his opponent. For having problems and talking, and the guy is recovering from a stroke. His brain is all there. His, his problems that he's having in processing. And I'll tell you, when somebody says something like that, they show me they got problems in processing. Exactly. The problem, and, and, and Walker and everything, you know, it's it, it's it's but frustrating like to me. One of the things that is frustrating to me is you know it's twenty twenty two. And I feel in a lot of ways that we we haven't come far enough. You know, when people are talking about Fetterman and they're picking on him and saying he's not fit for office, well, that just reeks of ableism. You know, you have to look a certain way. You have to be a certain way. We had a president in a wheelchair, and and he did just fine from his wheelchair. Like we don't have to be perfect people that are that look perfect as long as your cognitive abilities are there and we could argue for some of these these congressmen that are in their 80s that mm -hmm. they don't have all the cognitive ability that they need to continue to serve in government but they want to go after one person that's had one struggle and one stroke whose doctors have cleared him multiple times and, mm -hmm. and say that he's not fit it, it what's next like in a lot of ways it just feels like we're going backwards Oh, we're going backwards. And as you're well aware, we're really going backwards for women's rights as much as anything, which is a frustration yeah. to, to a lot. I can't see why any, any woman could vote for, but I couldn't see why any women would vote for Trump after what he said on that Access Hollywood tape. And the other things that have come There's up about him. There's a lot him. of things he said that were wrong. Yeah, and it, it is, and it's getting no better. And it goes back to that concept that he did not allow a peaceful transition of power, that he did everything in his process that he could to try and remain in power. Bill Maher said that very early on, that he wouldn't leave. And he didn't want to leave. 
I mean, they had to literally tell him, you're going to have to get out of here because you'll be washed out here under chains if you need to be. So it's a very good thing. But the January 6th thing is, is still, I hope and pray that he's held accountable for that as well. I mean, they've got him pretty much on the documents. I don't think he's going to get away with it completely on that. They should be able to get him on trying to uh, cause an illegal change in votes in Georgia. They should be able to get the Trump company and, and find them and close them down, basically, in New York and beyond. But he's got to be personally held accountable. If he's not held accountable, our nation is screwed. To, to say the least. I just can't see it. Democracy is already on the table. And the sad thing is, we've done, we've gone through wars. We went through the Civil War. We went through the war even before, the War of 1812, even the Revolution. We successfully did that. George Washington could have been king, and he said no. He didn't even want to be president, but he was kind of drafted into being president. And everybody else from that time forward until 2020, said, okay, I'll go. You know, they knew they would go. There was never any question of it. And they followed the law. They followed the responsibility. They put themselves, even Richard Nixon, when he, who won, was fighting to, for his own political life, was told by the Republican Party, the good Republican Party at the time, you, you, you got to go. And his crimes are nowhere near uh, rising to the power of the level of what the former president has done. Not even close to that level. I mean, th- here's a yeah. man who tried by force to hold the presidency. He tried to make, make the vice president do something totally illegal, totally unethical, totally impor- impossible to do under the Constitution, and yet he pushed him, and then he almost got him killed. He almost got him killed. I don't understand that. And uh, I think one of the funniest things is, is you have, if you put two pictures together, that talked about how bad the Republican Party is in this and complicit with all of this, the MAGA Republican Party anyways. When you see Josh Hawley raise his fist to that crowd that's getting involved in attacking the, there, and then you see him juxtaposed running for his life away from that crowd inside, inside of, the, of, a, of the Capitol. It is two perfect views of where the Republican Party is. They're a bunch of cowards when it comes right down to it. A bunch of cowards. Yeah. Oh, we're going to do this, but if they, if they had to face it, another one, I think it was Ron Johnson, who was running for his life in Wisconsin, his political life, another old man that shouldn't be there, said, if this would have been a Black Lives Matter rally, I would have been afraid that they had done that. But I wasn't worried about my, my, my safety on it. I mean, you know, out and out, Racism on that one. And that's, that's what right. we're going at. I mean, it's, it's really, really sad that we're in, in that, that this point. I mean, we, this, this election is so important. But I, mean, I don't know if you read a post I made on Facebook. I said the, the worst thing that MAGA can do is to win this. Because MAGA is, MAGA is not ready, not ready to govern. The MAGA Republican is out there for revenge. It's out there to take down the system, if you want, that has been put in place for the past two years. They're going to go out and they're going, they've already talked about writing articles of impeachment for for President Biden. I have no idea where they're going to get this from. 
I mean, he didn't use executive orders uh, any differently than, than th their man did. And he used it for the better part of people, not the worst. I don't, I don't know where, the, where they're going to come from. And, and Jim Jordan is already getting things ready on the Judiciary Committee to attack. Mm -hmm. And we know what, what he's like. And there's a man who knew about the sexual abuse of those wrestlers and says they never did do it. But people told him. They, they got people who actually told him about it that says it, and he still denies it. Because they, the mega-Republicans refused to accept responsibility because that's what they see from their founder of the mega-movement. It's crazy. Yeah. It's absolutely crazy. This election it's is important, crazy. people. And hopefully the Senate will at least be held. And, and perhaps the Senate will even be able to be be up to 52 votes so we don't have to worry about moving forward. A couple of things that strike me on this, what they push, the Republicans are pushing, the mega Republicans are pushing the economy and inflation. Would it have been any different if the former president had won? Would inflation be any different? What can they do about that? What, a, what can a president truly do about inflation? Inflation is a worldwide event. It's not combined, confined to the United States. It's not confined to the, the ability of the president to act on it. I mean, the, the Federal uh, Reserve is doing all they can do it, and they're causing a lot of pain doing it. But they feel that the greater threat is, is inflation. And we all see it when we go to the store. We see, see this and we see that. But then if you look at the seats for going going for some of these uh, sporting events and what are people are paying for it, I don't know. The money is out there. They talk about uh, cars. There's cars that are going for millions of dollars and baseball cards are going for all this stuff. So the money is there and just it's not at the people who need it. It's not at the people who need it. It's crazy. I mean... You know, you're in a pretty good spot for all things considered. We're in a pretty good spot for all considered, but there's an awful lot of people that aren't. There's an awful lot of people that didn't have pensions. And it's a sad thing for, for them when they get, saw the stock market take a dive and all that. Uh, what else? Again, they're trying to say that, um, like we said, teaching kids to hate the country. No, teachers aren't out there te te teaching kids to hate the country. There's still the love of the country, but the result is that we have a flawed past. We all have a flawed past. It's one of the Christian things that, that, that to, if you truly understand the words of Jesus, we all have flaws. We all have sins. And, and it's out there. So, you know, nobody's going to be perfect. And the country isn't perfect. We, we've done some very bad things, but so have every other country. I mean, China wasn't wonderful. India wasn't wonderful. The African republics weren't wonderful. Many of the African kingdoms, they were selling their own people to the slavers. So, I mean, you know, there was nothing, nothing perfect in there. But we can go go in lots of frustration. So let's get off the frustrating things. Well, maybe it's not so frustrating. I know you're happy about the Eagles. Yeah, they're doing great this season. I've actually been able to pick up a few games you know, uh, when they played the Steelers, because a lot of people here in Ohio are Steelers fans. So I got to see that game. That was pretty good. And I saw, or I saw half of that game. And then the, uh, I saw the Cowboys game. That was great. And then tonight's game I'll be able to watch because it'll be on Amazon prime. So 
Yeah, yeah we'll be watching it. If you're not on cable to watch it, so. We'll be watching it. One of the big things that's happening in in football that a bunch of teams looked at Brady and looked at Stafford and said, gee, maybe we can do that too. So we're going out and we're going to buy top flight, potentially top flight quarterbacks. I think the big, and they they found it very disappointing. Indianapolis, I don't know what they're going to do about quarterbacks. They just don't seem to have any kind of luck. And they they brought in... uh, the one from, from from our own Falcons there, Matt Ryan, who is a really good quarterback here, and he just couldn't get anything going. Russell Wilson, who I loved in, in, in Seattle, has been able to get it going, but a lot of it is coaching on both sides of that. And they're two relatively new coaches, so I don't think they're going to last very long, uh, both in Denver and Indianapolis. But even even the, the, the prime quarterbacks, I mean, look at what Aaron Rodgers is. Who would ever have thought Green Bay would be in the position they're in? Who would have thought Tom Brady would have five losses, four in a row? Well, it's just one of the a, things about sports that like gets you every time is it's it's not the talent. It's not it's not how good is this player or this group of players. It's the intangibles. It's how does this team get along in the locker room? It's how how do, did they work out together over the summer? Like, you know, maybe not everybody, but did most of the O-line hang out and lift in the gym together? Do they like each other? Do they fight? Do they hang out? And sometimes, you know, you're seeing when a team is doing poorly, you're seeing a reflection of what's happening in the locker room. You know, with Green Bay and um, all that coach they got rid of, Mike. McCarthy? Mike, yes. And it was Aaron Rodgers couldn't stand him. They hated each other. And in, in, at the end of it, they got rid of him and kept Aaron Rodgers. And neither one of them are successful. But Green Bay had a huge slide when they weren't getting along. Like, well, and then he, so much more than skill. Well, and that's it's what the what the front office does too. I mean, they traded away. Uh, Aaron Rodgers' biggest player, uh, biggest target there, Devontae Adams, who was at one of the top, if not the top receiver and running runner in in the league. And I mean, that's fr- going to frustrate Rodgers because he does he can't trust the rest of the people out there. He's not a Tom Brady who can take people with a little bit less talent and, and make them into decent receivers. He's a long ball success, and when he can't make the long ball. They have problems, and it, it, it's going. And I think Brady's just having, with the divorce and all the other things going on, I just think he, he's having issues on there as well. I th- Again, I think he's washed up. I think he's washed what? up. He's too old. It's time for him to go. It's the same as Brett Favre. You can be brilliant in your late 20s. You can be brilliant into your 30s. But you are 40 freaking five. You're done. <laughs> like, it's over. Just let it go. He should have just stayed retired. He might have been able to have his marriage, and he he's never going to see his kids. They're old enough to not like him now because he's never around, and he chose mm-hmm. football over them. Yep. And so yep. now and, and, he's uh, up, and now he has nothing except a bunch of Super Bowl rings, and he can be all alone with his Super Bowl rings, not even with yep. Bill Belichick because they don't like each other. He's literally alone. Mm-hmm. That happens. Uh, well, I think the final thing I wanted to, to do is something that is, is, is like with Fetterman, how the Republicans have attacked. We are in such a violent, 
stage in politics right now. The January 6th uh, insurrection certainly was it, and other things. But I think to put it on a microcosm, look at what happened to Nancy Pelosi's husband. Here's this 82-year-old man who gets around really well. I mean, he look, he doesn't look 82 by any stretch of the imagination. He's in his home, he's sleeping, and some guy invades and starts threatening him. He's able to kind of get a code, uh, Pelosi, to, to 911. And as the police are coming in, the guy starts attacking him with a hammer, fracturing his skull, which very likely could have killed him if he would have had done it any harder or done it a second time. And what are the people like, and starting with people like Donald Trump Jr., making fun of the man, trying, and the, these other conspiracy theories is, is they're trying to do it like a, a homosexual thing was going on, and the guy was in his underwear and all this stuff on there, and then just making the jokes of it. And then now the, pre, the foreign president himself is making fun of this situation. It is not a fun, funny situation. What would happen if Nancy Pelosi had been there? The guy had zip ties. Would he have killed her on there? Would he have taken her away as a prisoner and held her for ransom? We don't know. But we know it should not be a matter of joking. The Capitol Police no. are right now are on, 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 the, on the hot spot of saying, how can we protect our, our, our people around the, around the country? She wasn't there, so she did not, there wasn't a security patrol. But now what are you going to do about families when the, when the, the representative isn't there? It is a, a scary right. thing, and then when they make light of it, it makes it that much worse. I saw one of my friends that we have differing opinions on a lot of things posted about it and posted a conspiracy theory that it was a setup, you know, and that it, it was meant to happen that way, or that he, how was somebody able to break into somebody with money's house? Why wasn't the security better? And somebody that I don't know, but my friend knows, said, dude, this is like saying she was raped because of what she's wearing. You're going to blame the victim for somebody breaking into a house? Like, that doesn't, yeah, doesn't I, matter with the security. It's not right to break into someone's home. That's right. And, and, and the guy was, I don't know, and it, all the conspiracy stuff. But then the, the Republicans made that, that teenager in Minnesota a hero. The shot and killed those two people. That he was a, a Lord of the Hero on Tucker Carlson and, and those guys on there. And we can even go go down with the Republicans in Ukraine and all that kind of stuff. What's going on? And that that's left for a for a different different uh, podcast. There's just so much that it, that is negative out there that's it scares me. It, it scares it scares me. Yeah. It scares me for your safety. I'm, I'm glad you're not in the military anymore. Uh, I don't know what's happening happening on there. Uh, it, it's just a, a scary time in life now. But, mm -hmm. you know, we're healthy. Your mother and I are walking all the time and, and getting out there and feeling good. You guys are doing doing pretty good where you are. The kids are doing fantastic, which we we love to hear about. And getting old, I think. Yeah. You, you talk about Darcy being grandpa. Well, I'm, I think our Dash being grandpa, you're talking about Darcy looks like a pretty old young woman now. And the things she's saying in those things are, are fascinating as well. 
Because these kids are something else. I love them. Dearly love them. So any finishing comments today? No, just good talk. It's good to talk about these things and, you know, kind of let out a little rage here and there. And it's frustrating to watch it. You don't want to take in too much, but you still got to vent it out somewhere. Yeah, you, you got to, and, I, and your mother gets tired of hearing about it from me. So, you know, these, these things didn't happen. So, listeners, uh, this will be posted shortly on, on YouTube and, and elsewhere for the for your listening, your watching pleasure. And thank you, Karen, as always, and we'll be, hopefully we'll do another one next week. Maybe that one will be by Ukraine. We'll see. See how the life is going, because there's a lot of bad things happening over there, as well as some good things as well some good successes. So God bless you all. God bless this nation and its legitimate leaders. God bless and protect our troops and the Ukrainian troops wherever they are. Have a great afternoon. Bye.